Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to CU Red UK, where quite simply, the Chicago Bulls sing. This podcast is part of the Fans First Sports Network, so wherever you're listening, rate, review, subscribe, helps us out and ensures you don't miss another episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you hit the bell, give us a thumbs up, and why not leave some comments down below as well. I'm Matt, and as usual, joined by Neil. How are we doing, Neil? I'm good, thank you very much. Um, looking forward to what we've got coming tonight. Yeah, uh, before we get into it, it's another pre-recorded chat um, that we're going to throw in in a minute. Um, this time it is with Matt Peck of CHGO. Yeah. Uh, before we throw it to that, a bit of latest news, not not a lot. Some probably say it's not actually news, but Bulls did announce last week that they have signed Henry Drell to a... Um, training camp contract mm-hmm. obviously spent the last two years with Windy City um, and done the last two summer leagues with Chicago as well that's probably where he's going to be in it it's it's basically yeah. getting the numbers up in it giving him a bit of a competitive workout in training camp really you know personally I like it I like Henry Drell from watching him with Windy City in summer league you know big wing that can Occasionally hit the three, and I think he's only about twenty-three as well. And obviously, 
he's in Chicago system, which doesn't necessarily mean he's going to stay in it. No. But there's obviously a reason why they keep bringing him back. So who knows? Even if it is just for Windy City. Um, other bit of news, obviously, a bit of a change in squad numbers last week. Uh, went from Julian Phillips, who was going to be 13. He's now going to be 15. And Tory Craig is going to take the 13, which you do bring up with Mr. Peck. Um, yeah. And Adama Sonogo, obviously on the two-way, is going to wear the 21 previously worn by Mr. Patrick Beverly. So, yeah, that's that's pretty much it for Bulls news, isn't it? It's that's uh, it. pretty thin on the ground. <laughs> uh, there's been a few other articles by whoever, ESPN, Hoops, Hype, whoever, basically putting Bulls bottom of everything as usual, but can't bother talking about them. It's all crap. So, yeah, before we throw it to Peck, I'll do the ad read for our partners at USA Sports. USA Sports is a UK-based sports merchandise retailer. They cover the NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB, as well as Formula One. So from hats to hoodies, there's something for everyone. From Chicago Bulls to Team Red Bull and everywhere in between. Check them out on all the socials where they're running some new fan of the month type things as well. And also check the website usasports.co.uk and at checkout enter the code CREDUK for 15% off. And if you do put some pictures up, make sure you enter into the fan of the month competition. Welcome back to CRED UK podcast, and it's another welcome back to Matt Peck of CHGO Bulls. How are we doing, Matt? Neil, Matt, so happy to be with you guys. I miss you. I feel like Paris was way too long ago. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, well, I mean, you're our, our third returning guest now behind Tim Sinclair and Big Dave. So, honor. <laughs> I feel like I do not deserve to be in, in that recurring guest uh, club. No, you're in, you're in the elite group now. You're in that elite group. You, got, you <laughs> can't lose that status. <laughs> oh, I won't. Trust me. I'll hold on to it. <laughs> well, being as competitive as you are, you can always be our first, third time guest. <laughs> Every, any and any time you invite Big Dave to come on again before inviting me to come on again, I will completely understand. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just quickly before Neil goes into his bit on Big Dave, is he is he doing all right? Is he he's still off with his yeah. COVID? Yeah, we uh we were chatting yesterday a little bit. He's feeling better. Uh, he was actually scheduled to be off uh our shows this week. Uh, you know he and. And the goat and I all kind of took turns taking some PTO uh, here at the end of the off season when things are kind of calm and we could get by with two of the three of us. Um, so it, it was Big Dave's turn to have a vacation this week anyway. So my hope is that he's at least getting to enjoy his vacation because he's mostly recovered from his bout with COVID. Uh, but you know, you know, Big Dave, you can't keep that guy down for more than five minutes. <laughs> Still pretty positive about having COVID then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so um, I suppose you've had kind of a bit of a disappointing start to the sporting season with the Bears. Um, myself and Matt don't really follow football, but uh, you know we still we still listen to what you guys uh, to be saying and put up on Twitter. So um, 
we're kind of hoping uh, that the Bulls turn that around a little bit for you, because uh, at the moment, the Blackhawks is not enough to hang on to, right? Um, <laughs> so what we're kind of guessing, we know, I know we asked you this last year, we asked you about um, the hat count and what you expect the hat count to be. <laughs> we won't get into too much detail, but what I was wondering was, you should think about setting something up so that you actually have a target and you should tally how many points you can get for the season with each hat throw. That's a, that's a pretty good idea. Um, yeah. yeah. So like when, when we're in the studio and I'm throwing my hats, my, my usual target is just the open doorway of uh, one of our bosses, Kevin Kadick's office. Shout out to Kevin. He's the head of content at CHGO and his office is just off to the uh, stage right of our studio a set. And most often his doorway is open. And so if I get just enough English and a flick of the wrist on my hat, I can sometimes get it through that threshold of his door uh, doorway and into his office. And when I get those throws, I feel like I really just like threw like an 80 yard touchdown bomb. I feel really good about it. Um, but yeah, through the first two weeks, of the bear season, my bears hats have taken a beating. And yeah, I <laughs> fortunately have been in the privacy of, my own home, and then I watched at my brother's place in week one. So it's not like I was embarrassing myself in public. But, yeah, I, I beat the crap out of my Bears hats for the first two weeks of that season. <laughs> um, you mentioned Paris as well. Obviously, that was that was great for us. Um, we got to go over. Um, finally, once we got our tickets, we managed to get over and see the, see the game and, and meet up with you guys, get to see you do your thing, and even had a bit of involvement, shot a few hoops. Um, it was great. but. Paris, for us, obviously, it was Matt's first time seeing the Bulls live. I'd seen them before in the UC and in London. But um, it was your first time doing something too, right? It was your first time meeting Joakim Noah. <laughs> it was. It was my first time in Paris. So I was obviously super excited to be traveling internationally. It was my first international trip after the COVID, you know, shut down the world for a while there. So I was so excited to get to take the trip and to get to take that trip not only with my amazing you know, uh, friends and, and colleagues at CHGO Bulls getting to do that trip with Big Dave, Will, Joey, uh, and our guy RG from over in DNVR who came to document the whole trip uh, and did an incredible job, but also getting to to see you guys and other, you know, and see uh, Jimmy from uh, UK Chicago Bulls and meet some of our other international fellow Bulls fans, the people who enjoy our content from overseas. And it was so cool to do that in a city like Paris. I like every... Every hour of that trip, Dave and I would just kind of like look at each other and be like, dude, what? How are we here? How are we here? This is ridiculous. And it's so, so cool. And obviously, yes, the cherry on top of that incredible trip, uh, experiencing something that um, monumental uh, with, with our fellow Bulls fans was selfishly, yes, finally getting to meet one of my favorite Bulls heroes, Joe Keem Noah. Yeah. So, I mean, you talk about us being uh, in the wrong place. We mentioned it before we started recording, being in the UK and Ireland. But I mean, it took you going to Paris to meet your hero who played for Chicago. <laughs> I know. I had to fly across the Atlantic Ocean to finally get my chance at meeting Joakim. Uh, and it's funny, uh, you know, our pal Jimmy flew over to have his first trip in Chicago experiencing what it's like to go to the United States. And that's where he ended up meeting Joe Keem because Joe Keem was at right. the UC one of the nights when Jimmy went to, to one of those games. So totally random how that, uh, you know, worked out the way it did. 
Fortunately, I've been able to uh, cross paths with Joe a couple times since then. Um, we at CHO have been trying to get the word out with this new charity event he's doing in Chicago, the, the One City Basketball Tournament for the youth of, of the city. And I've gotten the chance to chat with him a few more times covering that uh, and, and, and helping them share the wonderful things they're doing. So we, we are still targeting eventually getting Joakim Noah to sit down in studio with us at CHGO. Uh, and, and that's hopefully going to happen sometime uh, in the not too distant future. And, and I'm sure that I will be struggling to contain <laughs> my absolute childish glee when, if and when that day comes. <laughs> You're going to be like a puddle of jello sitting in the seat. <laughs> I will, I seriously, I will have a complete moment of utter disbelief where I step outside my body and look at what's happening and be like, You're hosting a bull show, and Joe Kim Noah is sitting in a chair right over there on set talking about the bulls. At it, yeah, I will, if that happens, I still will not believe that it's happening. Just like I didn't believe it was happening when I met Joakim in Paris. <laughs> yeah, then just obviously on Paris, um, obviously you've spent time living in London and stuff like that before. Was Paris a bit of an eye-opener in the sense of how international Bulls Nation actually is? You know, Yes, experience. yes game with international fans it, it was i wasn't surprised to see that whatever uh, a core arena right that was the name of the stadium yeah, yeah. i wasn't surprised to see it filled not only capacity with just passionate international nba fans at large but i was not to see that uh i was not surprised to see it 85 15 bulls fans versus pistons fans i mean that was i expected that because the Pistons did not have a team at any point, you know, credit to the bad boys, credit to the, you know, Ben Wallace, Chauncey Billups, 2014, that, uh, you know, shocked the world and won that title. They have not had a team in their franchise history that captivated not just American basketball fans and American sports fans, but globally, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and the 90s Bulls are why people like yourselves who have never lived in Chicago are diehard Bulls fans. They made the world fall in love with basketball. And then not just them playing for the Bulls, but MJ and Scotty being a part of that dream team in Barcelona in 92, which was a huge expansion for the popularity of the NBA across the globe. Um, so it, it wasn't necessarily surprising to see that many Bulls fans in Paris, so many hundreds and thousands of miles away from Chicago. But it was really cool to be immersed in it in a physical way as opposed to our day-to-day, -day, which is interacting with Bulls fans from all over the world on Twitter, in, in the live comments of our shows that we do, people saying, hey, I'm tuning in from the Philippines, or I'm tuning in from Brazil, or I'm tuning in from the UK. It's always cool to get those reminders that there are Bulls fans everywhere that just want to talk to each other and, and share each other's opinions and ideas about this team we all love together. Doing it in person in Paris was probably the coolest thing I've ever done as a Bulls fan. Yeah, um, obviously a bit closer to home. You had Bulls Fest this off season. Was it that? Did you go last year, or was that your first time? No, uh, I didn't get to go last year because last year they scheduled it Labor Day weekend, um, and I, like many people, have uh, family plans around the, the Labor Day weekend holiday. Uh, a lot of people go out of town. I was out of town hanging out with my family that weekend, so I missed it. 
Uh, I think hopefully the Bulls and their team that organized Bulls Fest figured it out that a lot of people who live in Chicago and would like to go to Bulls Fest leave Chicago for Labor Day weekend. And so they should switch it. They ended up switching it. They moved it to earlier on in uh, in the month of August. So we were able to go um, and, and shout out to Bulls PR. Uh, they were very nice to us and accommodating and let us come and set up a little uh, makeshift studio with a tent for the day and they gave us access to to Mark Eversley, the GM. They gave us access to Javon Carter, the hometown kid who signed with the Bulls in free agency earlier this summer. So it was great to have that sort of uh, that that access to be, to not just getting to go experience Bulls Fest, to, but to be welcomed and be a part of it as as representatives of the Bulls community and what we do at CHGO. Uh, and, and I mean, everything about it was just so fun. Like shout out to the guys who were rocking the dunk contest it was incredibly entertaining honestly it was better than most of the nba dunk contests i've seen in recent all-star weekends um bulls legends of of the past were there mingling and you know we we got to see other bulls uh content uh you know makers members of the bulls content community um some of the people from the nothing but bull podcast you know uh derek briscoe melissa Obviously, the queen of Bulls Twitter, Ramina, she was there. Got to see her. Got to see Hayes and Pat, uh, you know, from Chicago Bulls Central. Um, and, you know, what they do together, hosting Locked on Bulls, Dave and I's former platform. So it was just really cool. It was just a great experience. And it was nice to just have a fun, beautiful Chicago summer day where Bulls fans gathered and we weren't really stressing out about the season up ahead. Like it was still far enough down the road that we're like, let's just enjoy being Bulls fans together. And and that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, you say he wasn't really stressing out on the, obviously the podcast that went out after it. He seems quite stressed about not getting your beers. <laughs> and uh, we suggested to uh, big Dave last time that maybe you should have had a word with Dan Moriarty about getting you a little chiller in your setup. So that it was stocked with beers. Yeah. Honestly, that that's probably what I should have done. And, and shout out to Dan Moriarty too. Uh, you know, a, a fellow uh, UK uh, yeah. member, uh, just like you guys, and uh, made his way over to Chicago and has been working uh, with the Bulls for for a while now. Just the nicest guy uh, has has a cool backstory of sports fandom and uh, and did a, an incredible job. And he gave a lot of credit to the people who. You know, he said did most of the heavy lifting organizing an event with, you know, such a large undertaking to make Bulls Fest, Bulls Fest happen. Um, and it was a great success. He, he's a great guy. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was a little uh, I was a little salty that the Goose Island beer tent was not like within my direct line of sight while we were sitting there doing show. And it was a hot day. Like Chicago in mid to late August can get unpleasantly warm for those of us who are more accustomed to the colder parts of Chicago seasonal weather. So it was a hot day and all I wanted was an icy cold goose Island and I couldn't find one. Um, but shout out to uh, Emma, who's one of our new social media interns. She eventually did track down some goose islands for us later that day when we were done with our interview. So, uh, you know, if, if I have to wait until the, the day's work is done to crack my first goose Island, then, you know, I have to make my peace with that as opposed to in the studio sometimes where I'll just crack one and Dave will crack one while we're, sitting there doing a show yeah it's not a bad job when you get to drink beer while you're doing it right <laughs> it's really not i mean you even the bad days at that gig are uh are pretty good pretty good days <laughs> <laughs> 
So when Dave was like, we mentioned Dave was on with us recently <clears throat> there, well, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a great chat with him with some good fun. And, and one of the things that came up was um, about the retiring of jerseys. And obviously Joe Keem is one that I'm sure you'd love to see swinging in the rafters. Um, but the thing is the bulls are, you know, notoriously tight in retiring numbers. So I, you know, I think it's a given exactly. There's only four. And I think it's a given that the next one, if there will be a next one, will be Derek. Um, obviously, you'd like to see uh, Joakim, and we've mentioned as well, uh, Dennis Rodman is another one we'd like to see. But I just don't know whether it will or whether it won't happen. But there are other ways, I suppose, to honour players. So what we were saying was, if they can't use Joakim's number in the rafters, is there another way you'd like to see them honour Joakim at the stadium? Well, I mean, in in some ways they already have, and and I appreciate the Bulls for doing what they have done. They had a, you know, an honorary night for Joe Keem towards the beginning of last season. I think it was when they were it was a Bulls Knicks game. So you know, in in that like Tibbs was there, Derrick Rose was there because it was a Bulls Knicks game, and and Joe Keem got you know uh, a little video tribute. Some of his former teammates that they played on the jumbotron. Uh, at the United Center, and then of course everybody like he stood up and acknowledged the crowd. The United Center crowd obviously gave him a standing ovation, one of many that he's deserved um, for everything he's done for for the Bulls. And they also brought him in uh, last year as an official ambassador for the for the team, which you know is, is a position that has been held by some of Bulls fans' favorites over the years. Scottie Pippen used to be an ambassador. Horace Grant, Tony Kukoc still is to some capacity. Shout out to him! Happy belated birthday. Um, I was like, I think he turned 55. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm old. Tony Kukoc is 55. <laughs> um, but yet, like, I still think, and this is just my biased opinion that I've never been ashamed of or afraid to admit, I still think he needs to be honored more by yeah. the organization and not just for things he's done for them, but for things he's done for the city of Chicago and continues to do for the city of Chicago. I, I don't care. If they are stingy about retiring jersey numbers, I know they are. Stop it. And even if you are stingy, acknowledge the fact that some people deserve their numbers to be hanging up there. I don't know what ridiculously high standards you're setting, but Derek Rose and Joakim Noah both deserve to have their numbers hanging from the rafters. Now, no, no offense to Tory Craig, who we learned last week is going to be wearing 13 for the Bulls this upcoming season, but he should not be wearing that number. Absolute offense intended to Tony Bradley. He should never have been allowed <laughs> to wear that number. It's a disgrace. Well, in fairness, there was an attempt made to get him out of the building at one point. I mean, he was lifted off the court. Yeah. <laughs> much, much appreciation and respect to Stephen Adams for doing that. Yeah. Kicking Tony Bradley <laughs> out the club. Uh, but yeah, I mean, some teams do like a ring of honor thing in their stadiums without actually like retiring the number and allowing other players to wear whatever i i feel like it's at a certain point that loses its significance just acknowledge the fact that Derek and Joakim both meant a hell of a lot to bulls fans they still do and yeah. uh i mean what more do you want from this guy who's not a chicago native who left the team years ago retired from the league years ago and is still here in chicago has been in chicago a lot this summer running a charity organization to help the youth of this city i mean yeah. In addition to his accolades, a two-time All-Star, a Defensive Player of the Year, 
I, what, what what more do you want from this man before you deserve him, before you show him that deserve respect of, of retiring his number? Yeah. Well, you won't hear any argument uh, from us anyway. Um, actually, one of the things that came up we were talking about when we were talking about this with Dave was um, we think kind of the time has passed now. It's kind of gone too long for the likes of Dennis Rodman. But what we were saying was, I don't know if Dave mentioned this to you already, but to have a statue or a bust of, of Dennis somewhere in the stadium but with like kind of a screen or something built into the hairline so that you can change the color of the hair. I like and it. Like, like the it, giant becomes, dome that they just made in Las Vegas and they can make it look like a million different things and it was right. a giant basketball during summer league. Just have right. like a rotating bra. I'd love that idea. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're trying to get as many people on board with this idea as we can. So we can bring it to, to the Bulls um, organization and see, can they do something about it? You know, and yeah. maybe while we're at it, we can push, we can push Joakim and Derek all at the same time. I mean, I, I, I've said this today before. Like, I, I want them to build a statue of Joakim Noah. And I understand <laughs> if you're going to build a statue for Joakim, you probably also have to build one for Derek. I get that. So fine. Make Derek's statue too. But God damn it. I want them to have a statue of Joakim Noah somewhere in the United <laughs> Center. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Now Big Dave's got his new job with the Bulls. He can maybe get an inside information. That's right. Yeah, he was uh, he was unofficially hired by Mark Eversley when we did that interview with him at Bulls Fest. <laughs> uh, before we actually talk about, obviously, current Bulls, uh, you start on last night's episode, or yesterday's episode as it is for you, you um, started your breakdown of the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. So... Have you actually got a league pass team? And is there another player in the league that excites you, intrigues you, ready for this season coming? Um, well, so I, I don't know if it qualifies as a league pass team, but the Western Conference team that I have fully adopted, because I, I feel dirty even league pass cheering for any other Eastern Conference teams. I can't do it. I am a Bulls fan 140%. I am a Bulls fan all other teams in the East can F off and die forever. Western Conference teams, you don't got to worry about it until you get to the finals. And let's be honest, as Bulls fans, that hasn't been a great concern for the last two and a half decades. I fell in love with the Denver Nuggets. Watching not only their run to the championship this past season, but even before that, the incredible run they made in the bubble playoffs, watching some of those performances from Jamal Murray, um, who is honestly one of my favorite players to watch. And one of my other favorite players to watch in the league right now is Nikola Jokic. I mean, that that is an incredible team. And the way that they dealt with the fact that Murray had a, a serious injury that he had to sit out for a while and then come back from. And they they honestly were just so overlooked throughout large stretches of last season by the national NBA media coverage because they weren't as you know, they weren't LeBron and the Lakers. And what what we have to talk about, you know, the different way LeBron tied his shoes today on, you know, NBA Today and whatever dysfunction was going on with James Harden or Kyrie Irving or any of the other, you know, unhappy NBA stars in, in certain markets that, that the national media thinks deserves more attention than a small market team that didn't have any drama like the Denver Nuggets. But if you appreciate, genuinely appreciate beautiful basketball, then the Nuggets were the best watch in the NBA last season. And they proved it from start to finish. Um, So, yeah. And obviously there is the other factor of 
one of our sister networks is DNVR over there in Denver uh, under the All City Network umbrella. And I love the people over there. I think they're incredible at what they do. I am appreciative that they decided to grow their network and bring it over to Chicago and entrust us to do similar things, providing content for our fellow Bulls fans. And um, I am I am so happy for them because that Nuggets team is a lot of fun. And it's nice if you can't be the sports fan enjoying the the ultimate triumphs of your teams, a.k.a. winning championships, the next best, best thing is being genuinely happy for sports fans of other teams because you yeah. acknowledge their passion as sports fans and you also like who they are as people. Yeah, I, I guess it's a completely different vibe over there as well, seeing as there's not long one, obviously the Stanley Cup, and now we're yeah. Larry, it's, and, and it. now they got Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffalo uh, you know, football team just make, making headlines. They're off to a 3-0 start. It's really good to be a Colorado sports fan right now. Chicago, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you'll be hoping for not as much success for the, the Philly brand of it as well. It's going to be real tough. to, <laughs> Like I said, Eastern Conference teams, generally, no. Also, I, I'm going to try to not bring my bias into it when we get a chance to to meet our, our new you know Philly network colleagues at some point down the road. I, I've just always had a, a negative bias against Philadelphia sports fans in general. And, and for, for good cause, there is plenty of proof on record of them behaving abhorrently as far as the average sports fan and how they are expected to behave. Philly has always been on the bottom of that ladder. <laughs> but they are passionate. I'll give them that. I, as far as, you know, American cities and their sports you know, fans go, you cannot deny that Philly sports fans are passionate. Yeah, absolutely. Like the Bulls fans and Chicago fans, they're all passionate too. But um, bringing it back to Chicago for a second, going into this season, well, I personally, anyway, I see us kind of coming in as underdogs this this year. You know, we're expected to not do particularly well, middle of the pack towards bottom end of the middle of the pack. And I actually think that there's a bit of an underestimation about the potential on this Bulls team. Um, but I think being an underdog also suits um, Chicago teams, particularly the Bulls. And um, how do you think that they're actually going to perform compared to the expectations, which, like I say, are reasonably low? Yeah, and I I agree that there is some benefit to being overlooked. Um, maybe teams taking you lightly gives you an upper hand coming in. If you have a good game plan and have done your homework and maybe take advantage of teams not giving you the respect and, and maybe taking the matchup with you that night in a packed NBA schedule lightly. And I agree that I think by and large, the Bulls are getting overlooked. Um, some of it I think might be valid. Uh, they basically ran back the roster from last year at a couple of, you know, contributing pieces and Javon Carter and Torrey Craig, who I do expect to be meaningfully in Billy Donovan's rotation this season and weren't last season. So th there is, a window for modest improvement while still by and large being a run of the mill middle of the pack team by most people's expectations. As far as whether or not I see them exceeding those expectations. I mean, if you want to talk about, uh, you know, win projection, current Vegas odds, last I looked have the bulls at 37 and a half wins, which would be, you know, two or three wins fewer than their 40 and 42 record last season. Yeah. But they, 
got better on paper. At least modestly, they got better on paper. And DeMar has proven that he still performs at a high level at his age. Vooch still performs at a high level at his age. So I don't know how the win projection went down. Um, other than maybe just other teams getting more exciting offseason coverage because their moves were bolder or more interesting, headline grabbing. People have started asking me for my prediction for the team this season. And I, I am somewhere in the, yes, I think the, there can be improvement, but I only see the improvement going so far. If they manage to win a few more close games compared to losing lots of close games last year, if they don't give away bad losses to bad teams uh, repeatedly, as they did last year, I can see them being a mid-40s win team. I'm looking at like 43 and 39 right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when we had you on last year, obviously there was all the Willie won't he with Lonzo. You know, is he going to come back? Is he not? So nobody knew what that Bulls team was going to be. Obviously, this year they've, they've addressed that problem before it's even become a problem by obviously applying for the DPE, bringing in Javon Carter. And the way things went at the back end of last year, apart from obviously missing out on the playoffs in, in the end, like, to me, that gives a better sense of optimism because we saw what we do with a, a legit point guard, obviously in Pat Bev. A fully fit Zach after Christmas was just, you know, he had his own little March Madness, didn't he, as well, which was just, you know, so if putting that piece and then obviously a fully fit Zach, a fully fit Demar, surely we're not going to lose more games than we did last year. You, you kind of expect that win percentage or win rate to go up. And that's why, you know, the the ESPN rankings or whatever it was, where they said it was going to be 37. To me, it's like, we haven't got majorly better, but we've done the little things that do improve. And hopefully they improve the pieces we've already got, especially Javon, you know, uh, if he can be, whether he comes off the bench or he starts or whichever way it goes, he's somebody that's not scared to shoot, shoot the three. You know, so when Demar goes up, I saw, and he's maybe looking for somebody. He's now got somebody there that is going to shoot the three. And I guess the question is, what do you think is more important for this team now? Is is it Zach and Demar step up a level? We get Zach back to being All Star Zach, potential superstar Zach, or the likes of Kobe and P. Will make that step and bridge that gap that was quite obvious last season. That's a really, really good question. Um, my my answer today, two weeks removed from training camp starting, is I think it is more crucial for the other role players on this team to step up and provide more. Not to say that I think Zach can't take another step or even a mini step in how effective he is on an NBA court. There will always be the Bulls fans who trash him as being an empty calorie scorer and a guy who doesn't play defense. And I have honestly no interest in talking to Bulls fans who repeatedly just throw that into any conversation because I see it by and large as misguided and not telling the whole story. As you mentioned, after he knocked off the rust from his offseason surgery, basically December on. Zach was putting up all NBA, num- all NBA numbers, like third team, all NBA consideration numbers, certainly all-star numbers. 
DeMar's efficiency fell off a bit from year one to year two of his Bulls career, but you had to expect that because his year one of his Bulls career, he was breaking records previously held by Wilt Chamberlain as far as his efficiency as a field goal shooter, but he was a wing and not a over seven foot tall center who just scored 60 points a game. He was still real damn good. He made the all-star team again, deservedly so. While I do hope that Billy can throw some new things into their offensive system and their offensive sets, a team that finished 24th in the NBA in offensive rating last season, one of the ways I think they can do that is if you get more willing and and, and capable uh, contributions from some of these role players, like Kobe, and credit to him. He had a great season last year, finished really strong. Glad they brought him back. Patrick Williams continuing to shoot at, at a high level and also hopefully adding more aggression to his offensive game, more physicality to his offensive game while still being a 40% three-point shooter and maybe even upping that three-point attempt rate even more as he did from two seasons ago to last season. Um, I, I just think that for this team to reach their ceiling, they need to get like B to B plus contributions from these role guys as opposed to C plus to B minus contribution from these role guys. Because the stars are limited in the ways that they are limited. And I think by and large, there's not a whole lot you could do about that. Yeah. Um, and obviously the defense side of things is, is where the obvious criticism always comes in. You know, you, you've got Zach and DeMar who are contributing practically all of the offense really for us. And then they don't really contribute much on the defensive end. So it's the players around them that, that you expect to, to fill those gaps in behind them defensively in order for them to be those offensive players without having to worry so much about the defense, which I think is, is something that they've thought about when they're bringing in somebody like Javon Carter and Torrey Craig, because they are known for being defensively minded players, as well as being able to provide some uh, three-point shooting as well. So hopefully it will fall a bit together more so than um, some people think. Yeah, and I think that's the other big thing about whether or not the Bulls can exceed where they were last season. Their offense obviously needs to get better. While they're working on getting a, a more difficult to guard on a nightly basis offense, can they maintain a surprising top five defense from last season? And obviously yeah. most credit in the world to Alex Caruso, deserving of those first team all defense honors he got last year. Um Maybe one of the most underappreciated players in the NBA, honestly, um, and on an absolute steal of a contract. But Javon Carter also brings quality perimeter defense. Torrey Craig is a capable wing defender. Patrick Williams, for all the yelling and shouting Bulls fans do about how he's not like a 20 points per game scorer yet, which, again, misguided, just like the criticisms of Zach Levine, in my opinion. Yeah. You have to give Pat credit for the quality of defense he played. All 82 games last season. He played all 82 games, and he had some of the toughest defensive assignments every night. And I still think there's huge room for improvement for Pat to go from being a capable nightly defender and contributor to a net positive defense to a all-defensive team candidate kind of player. So for all the shouting that gets done about Zach's defensive weaknesses, DeMar's defensive weaknesses, Vooch. Oh my gosh, the Vooch haters and Bulls. Oh my God, he can't play defense. He's not a rim protector. He's not a shot block. Cool. Had I last last I checked, 
one of the three best defensive rebounding percentages across the entire NBA last season. The man is a double-double machine. He plays decent enough defense in their system to allow them to have had a top-five defense last year. If the Bulls, with these added defensive pieces like Carter and Craig, with the continued defensive improvements of not only Patrick Williams, but Kobe White, who made great defensive strides last season, they can be an even better defense this season than they were last season. Right. And with that, that leads in nicely, actually, talking about Javon and Kobe, P-Will and Craig. Who starts? Javon or Kobe? P-Will and Craig? It's the million-dollar question, isn't it? That's the mil- <laughs> We're going to ask Eli Schuster of Bleacher Nation to that very question when we do a show with him later this afternoon. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I don't know. I want mm. to see both through our whatever it is, five preseason games. I want to see what it looks like. Mm-hmm. I am leaning right now towards really embracing Kobe White, sixth man of the year candidate. I really like the sound of that, and I like how I see that working for the Bulls this season. I also think that if you can allow Kobe and Pat to develop even more chemistry this season, you know, as you know, and, and if they're staggered, if they're both coming off the bench, you stagger them. If one of them starting and the other's not, um, but I honestly, I, I want to see what both look like. I want to see Carter in the starting lineup and Kobe. I want to see Pat in the starting lineup, and I want to see Tory Craig in the starting lineup. I no idea. My hope is that Billy gives us a chance to look at both of those things, and hopefully he makes the right decision on which one gets them out. Uh, you know, out of the gate on the right foot this season. Um, not to say that those adjustments can't happen as you progress through the season. We saw Billy make adjustments to his starting lineup many times last season. Um, you know, moving Iowa in and out, uh, moving Alex Caruso in and out, moving Pat in and out. So I, I, I know it probably sounds like a cop-out answer, but I, I'm leaning towards start Javon, bring Kobe as your sixth man. I want to see Patrick Williams earn the starting spot over Tory Craig. I don't know if he will, but I want to see him earn it. And regardless of what happens, that's where I'm leaning. And I want to see all options in the handful of preseason games we get. Yeah. I mean, my sort of feeling on it is it's going to be matchup dependent, you know, like there'll be some matchups that's better for Kobe. Whereas sometimes you might need that more defensive dog from, Javon, depending who it is, obviously he's matched up against. And the same with P. Will, you know. I mean, we've mentioned P. Will a lot because Neil's a big P. Will stan. Um, and it's like I've always said, if you with him, it, like you say, everyone wants him to be this 20-a-night scorer. But sometimes he's more effective at the other end. You know, when if he's going against Yanis or someone like that, you'd rather P. Will against Yanis than Caruso getting run over and missing the next five games. Um, you know, so to me, who's that, the, the whole thing of being a starter, yeah, it's good to have on their CV as such, but they can be just as effective coming off the bench anyway. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, Tory Craig could potentially be a starter. Never really, until last year, started that many games. You know, so, and he's not, Everyone thinks he's a veteran of the league, but he's only been in the league seven years. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of moved around and all that sort of stuff. So my hope with Javon and Tory Craig is that they bring on Kobe and P. Will. 
Mm-hmm. And like you say, you want P. Will to fight for that starting spot and realise he's now actually got some legit competition for it as well. And it's not Alex Caruso. You know, no right. disrespect to him, but, you know, obviously we know you put Caruso in and you get Caruso, basically. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. where he's one to, well, probably five, knowing Billy. Um, so, yeah, to me, I think too much emphasis gets put on who is starting because... You know, you could start Kobe and pull him after two minutes to put Javon in just to mix things up and vice versa. But, yeah, um, obviously people then say you're not getting that continuity when you're constantly changing your starters. Care, um, careful careful of that C word, Matt. That's, uh, that's triggering for Bulls fans these days. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I do it just to wind Neil up half of the time. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, surely... They're all, they're all that used to playing with each other now that it doesn't matter who's on the on the court to start and who comes off the bench. As you say, Ayo coming in, you know, and obviously it's a big year for Ayo as well this year. You know, it's kind of a, feels like a prove it year again for him. I know obviously he's your, your guy at CHGO now. Were you disappointed with how he went last year? I mean, I think you'd be lying to yourself. If you said you weren't disappointed with uh, Io's second season because of how encouraging his rookie year was as a guy who was a second round pick. And some people saw what he did in a three year career, you know, with the Illini at the collegiate level and thought he was deserving of being a first round pick. And he just kind of slid down to second round and, and the Bulls were surprised he was still available uh, and, and napped him up. And then obviously, silver lining of the Lonzo injury. Um, in Io's rookie year was him getting a chance and getting inserted into the starting lineup and really excelling uh, in a lot of ways that, that were surprising. Had some big moments and some really epic, fun, entertaining games that ended as Bulls victories. And uh, because of that, Bulls fans had, you know, just starry-eyed visions of what Io in year two was going to be, knowing or at least fearing that we were going to be without Lonzo again, and that Io was, you know, everyone was pointing at him as the year. Well, you're this team's starting point guard now. That is what ended up happening, and I think he kind of, I mean, regressed might not even be fair, but he struggled. He struggled with a lot being placed on his shoulders as a second-year player who was not expecting to suddenly be thrown into this starting role. And um, I think. You know, some of it is just uh, devil in the details kind of stuff. I think, you know, his mechanics still need some work on both ends of the floor. That's to be expected. He's still a young player. The biggest concern to me is can you find a shot? Because he knocked down big shots his rookie year and then for long stretches of his second season was just ice cold trying to knock down his outside shots. We know if you want to be a backcourt player in the NBA, who gets minutes? You have to have a three. You just have to. You're kind of useless if you don't. So I still have hope for Io being a big, long, capable uh, defender in his NBA career. I have seen glimpses of promise as a floor general, and especially some of the plays he makes in transition are really exciting and, and really eye-opening. He's got to develop a shot. 
he's got to cut down on the turnovers. Two things that you say a lot about uh, young NBA players. On bulls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is there any specific bulls player then maybe leading uh, leading you into the answer here after talking about IO, but is there a, a Bulls player in particular that you're going to be driving the train for this season? Like we know that, well, I don't know if you're aware, but Matt is very much on the same train and has been for the last kind of couple of years as Big Dave, which is the Kobe train. Um, I'm desperately trying to steer the P Will train, but it keeps jumping off the tracks every now and then. Um, what about yourself? Is there is there any player in particular that you're kind of rooting for? Uh well I, I mean I'm surprised I I thought Matt was still rooting for Javante Green to make his way back to this team and and keep driving that train. <laughs> I still I see you with the Bulls. What's going on? Message down there. <laughs> uh, I've got a theory on that one, but oh yeah, yeah. Obviously with Carlit Jones, he's he's guaranteed from is it January? Yeah. Next year. Mm-hmm. Javante after his injury. We've not seen anything of him. There's been no workout videos, no pro runs, no nothing. So to me, the injury seems worse than what it is mm-hmm. or what we was told. Yeah. If you go on the Bulls app, it's the roster part of it is actually updated with Quentin Jackson, Henry Drell, mm-hmm. um, Heidegger, whatever, however you say it. Yeah. And one name that's still on there is Javonte. And he's also not re-signed anywhere else. So I'm kind of thinking a Bulls keeping him around because I've seen on his Insta that he's in Chicago. Yeah. He was at the Hard Bros Pro Runs as a spectator. Mm-hmm. So are they waiting for him to prove his fitness and then they're going to wave Carlick and bring him back in? I mean, I hope for your happiness that that happens. <laughs> and honestly, I also, I, I, I am not as big of a Javante cheerleader as you are, but man, I love watching Javante Green play basketball. Uh, that dude is so many things he does on a, a basketball court. You can't believe your eyes when you see him do them. Um, yeah. So, I, yes, I, I hope that he comes back from this injury that kept him out for most of last season. I hope he gets another shot in the NBA. It would be awesome if that were with the Bulls because I really like him. But to answer your question, Neil, as far as who I'm cheerleading for the most this season – and yes, I understand if your answer is Pat. I understand if your answer is Kobe. And I would like to see those guys take big developmental steps this season because I think that is very important for where this Bulls team goes or doesn't go in the years to come. But right now, this season and for the next couple of years, the most important name, unquestionably, is Zach Levine. Because he's the man you just signed to the richest contract in Bulls franchise history. And I'm not complaining. If you guys you guys are regular listeners and viewers, you know that I have been a defender of the Bulls making the obvious decision to tender that max contract offer to Zach and being happy that he signed it. Yeah. Bulls fans who say, along with empty calorie scorer, what's the next thing out of their mouth? Not a max player. Bullshit. I don't I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on y'all's five. Yeah, no, I fine. call <laughs> Bullshit. That is, if you look at some of the contracts that were signed this summer, we were just talking about the Jalen Brown contract in our episode yesterday, previewing, you know, previewing the, the Celtics season and reviewing their offseason. Zach's contract, go back and look at it again. Go back and look at it again after this summer's max contracts were signed and see if you still feel as bad as you do about it. That being the case, me still being on board with Zach Levine being this team's highest paid player, the franchise face. 
the, the, the best thing we can see, even for those of us who are skeptical still of can he be the best player on a legitimate contending team, is Zach Levine going from being a really, really good player to a bona fide great player. And like credit to him, this man has made two all-star teams. If it weren't for the early season rust, the off-season injury, we're talking about a guy who would have three consecutive all-star selections coming into this year. He has done a lot to elevate his game to being at an all-star level. Can he fine-tune some of the things about his game that drive us Bulls fans crazy? The head-scratching turnovers, the, the questionable shot selection, giving us just a little bit more on the defensive end. If he does just a handful of those things and we see a A-plus version of Zach Levine for the majority of this upcoming season, that's the thing I will be cheering for loud, the, the, the loudest. Yeah, that might actually answer some of the next questions I've got. Uh, obviously, very uh, conscious of your time. So, last year we asked you the same questions and so far this year we've got Casey Johnson's receipts and Big Dave's receipts on the same one. Um, before I get into the C-Red UK ones, Neil's got one that's more CHGO related. Okay. Yeah, now I'm, I'm aware of the fact that apparently you're going to be shaking this up a little bit for this season, but we'll still go on, on the previous season, uh, shall we say, wording. And um, who, who do you see being this upcoming season's goon of the year? Wow. Um, I mean... The the two leading candidates would have to be Dale and Terry and Andre Drummond, right? I mean, Dale and Terry, the young guy who's still trying to earn his way into Billy's rotation, but is the just quintessential star teammate, the rah-rah teammate who you saw his rookie year getting up out of his seat, getting the other teammates riled up after the Bulls were making big plays. Just, I'm the level of emotion that comes out of Dale and Terry when he's sitting on the bench watching games is something that is a very admirable and endearing quality. And then when he does get out on the floor occasionally, um, you know, you put those things together and it, it led to him having some, some serious goon of the goon of the night candidacies. And then Drummond for good reasons and bad reasons, right? It was like a nightly candidate to get big Dave's goon award. Um, so People somewhat surprised that Drummond ended up sticking around um, uh, when some people thought maybe he was going to head out with that option he had in his contract. He is back. We'll see how he fits into Billy's rotation. My guess is that it's similar to last year where there are some nights when Drummond plays and some nights when he doesn't, depending on matchups, like you were saying, Matt. Um, but, yeah, I, I would have to say that Dale and, and Andre are, are the two odds leaders for that. You know, if, if you were to put that award over an entire season, who wins the most of them? It's got to be Dale and or Andre. Yeah, well, Big Dave actually went for Javon Carter with that one. Ooh, I do like that. A newcomer and a guy who's – he's definitely got some goon stuff on his resume too. Right. So, on to the, the C-Red UK ones. Obviously – we did put it out to a vote at the end of the season to actually see what everyone else thought as well. Uh, last year, we asked you for the ranking and the Bulls record as well. And you, you gave quite political answers. You kind of answered them without actually answering them. Uh, Ranking-wise, you said there'd be 7 to 10. So you were spot on, kind of. Nailed it at 10. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> uh, 
record, you went no more than 46. Obviously, going off the previous year. Mm-hmm. Got that one in a roundabout way. Yeah. <laughs> and then on to the players. Um, obviously, we're not going to ask, we've not been asking for ranking and records and that this year. We've just gone on the player ones. So, Bulls MVP. Last year, you went for Zach. Mm-hmm. And that was how it voted as well. Zach got it. So, this year, who do you reckon for MVP or Bulls MVP? Give me Zach again. Um, but I, we all know what DeMar has proven through these two seasons. Uh, the vet on this team. The guy who gets some big buckets when they need big buckets. But honestly, if you compare you know, DeMar's clutch minute scoring next to Zach's, not just this past season, but the past two seasons, they are damn close together. Um, it's just those clutch situation turnovers that, that has, you know, Bulls fans pulling their hair out about Zach. He can cut down on those, but I, you know, that's the other big thing hanging over Bulls fans heads right now. After seeing them run back this core signing Vooch to a new deal, Kobe to a new deal, IO to a new deal, not making any major trades in the off season or at last season's deadline. Oh dear God. Are we about to sign DeMar to an extension? As much as I appreciate everything that DeMar has done for us these past two seasons and respect the way he has kept his game at such a high level uh, in these twilight seasons of his NBA career, no. Personally, no. I don't want them signing DeMar to a multi-year extension and therefore think that the MVP of this team, as I was somewhat you know, alluding to earlier, as far as who I'm cheering for hardest this season, has to be Zach Levine. Has to be. Yeah, I think, I mean, we haven't actually given ours yet, but I think last year we both went for Zach as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you do want to see him take that sort of next step and be that that guy, basically. Yeah. Um. Next one, Bulls most improved. Now, last year you went for P. Will. And the result of the vote was Kobe, understandably. Yeah. yeah. So, who do you reckon it's going to be this year? Oh, I mean, I I want to say I want to say P will again because <laughs> I'm I'm okay with the fact that I was wrong last year and Kobe made I think greater strides in his game than Pat did in his respectively. Um, Kobe got his new deal after proving that he made significant strides in his game at the end of his rookie deal. That is now where Pat is. He's in a contract year, the last year of his rookie contract. This is a guy you drafted fourth overall a few years ago. And we see these glimpses of his potential. And on a nightly basis, we kind of look the other way while he's playing very serviceable defense and complain about the fact that he's not a bigger part of this team's offense when this team's offense has Zach DeMar Vooch. When, you know, those are the guys he's playing with in the starting lineup most nights. Now you you are, you know, not not just worrying about Demar and an extension. You're also worried about whether or not this team should be signing Pat to a multi-year extension. Can he prove that he earns that? So, yes, that that is who I am crossing my fingers like crazy and hoping is this team's most improved player award winner this season. Because, damn it, it Pat needs to be that guy. He needs to be. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way most people went last year and I can see it being the way people predict this year as well, to be fair. And the last one, the Bulls unsung hero. Now, last year you went for Vooch and you give quite good reasoning for it as well. And it, the reasoning you gave come true. But in the vote, I think it went to Kobe again. Uh, closely followed by Caruso, I think, and Vooch. So, yeah, unsung hero for this year. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, I, I still feel good about my answer of Vooch last season. The man played 82 games. He was, you know, somewhere in the top five in the NBA in double-doubles. Uh, he got his three-point percentage up from what it was the year prior to a respectable, you know, mid-30s number that I was asking for. I, I wouldn't have any trouble giving Vooch's the same answer to that, uh, you know, un- underappreciated hero guy. But, I mean, also, can, like, does Caruso even qualify if he just won a league award last season? Like, I was going to say Caruso sounds like a good answer, too. But dude's coming into this year, first team all defense right there in his trophy case. So, uh, you know, unheralded hero. I Because I'm I'm guaranteeing you we're going to have to listen to Bulls fans bitch about him in our comments every postgame night. I'm doubling down on Vooch. <laughs> No one appreciates this man to the level that they should. They had a top five defense last season with him as their starting center for all 82 games. The man had, you know, nights where he would pour it in because he was hot from three. And either way, whether or not he's cold or hot from three, he's finding a way to get you 18 and 12 every night. Every night. And no one appreciates him. I do. (laughs) Now, did the Bulls overpay him for three years and 60 million more dollars? Yeah. They did. He wasn't getting that on the free agent market this summer. Irrelevant. Now that he's back, I want to see him continue to be the guy that nobody else seems to appreciate who goes out there and does his job every damn night. Yeah, so you're following Bull's lead and doubling down and using the C word. Yes. as last year. I didn't, I didn't use it. I just <laughs> I am I am exercising it. <laughs> it was implied. It's implied. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that, that's all I've got. Obviously we are getting time. Um don't know if Neil's got anything else quickly. No, um we're very conscious that you're under a time frame, uh, so we will let you get out of here. But just before we do, um, apart from a big thank you and give you the opportunity to let everybody know where they can get a hold of you, one quick question for you. Who gets the more views of the Sea Red UK podcast, you or Dave? Oh, Dave. Oh, not <laughs> the, the <laughs> joke. No, that's not. I, I wouldn't even expect it to be close. Uh, yeah, I I made my piece years ago uh, that Bulls fans, Bulls Nation at large, far more gravitates to Big Dave than to me. I, you know, he's the nice guy. I'm the asshole. People seem to appreciate the way that we bounce off of each other and work together, and I'm glad that they do. Um, you know, shout out to Will the Goat and Mark. They've been great additions to the chemistry that Dave and I have had for years uh, doing what we do at CHGO. But, yes, who, who would I expect to get more views? Come on. Everybody knows the answer is Big Dave. Everybody loves Big Dave, and half of Bulls fans hate me, and I'm okay with that. But, no, everyone loves Big Dave. If, if people are watching me, half of them are hate-watching, and half of them are watching because they actually, uh, you know, don't find me to be 
someone they can't stand. Um, but yeah, you can uh, follow along with us. We're CHO underscore Bulls on Twitter. Um, subscribe to our CHO Sports YouTube channel. I'm Bulls underscore Pack. We'll uh, we'll have pre and post um, all season long, just like uh, last year in the tail end of the year prior. And uh, couldn't be more excited to get a new season started. Absolutely. And as Neil said, you know, obviously, thank you for, for giving us your time. Took some organizing at the end, but we got there. Damn time zones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Honestly, uh, I love what you guys are doing for our, our fellow Bulls fans, our international Bulls fans. You are a huge part of Bulls fans in the world of social media, international Bulls fandom. We, of course, appreciate y'all's support for what we do so much. Uh, and you guys have been big supporters of ours over the years, and and we love what you guys do. So you know we're happy to come and and talk it up bulls with you guys anytime. Appreciate, Appreciate that, it. and we'll be on the on your live later on as well. Come through, <laughs> come through Chicago. You guys are due. You're up. Oh, okay, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Hopefully. All right, yeah. y'all. I'll see you in the comments. Okay. Here at Red UK, we are trying to raise awareness for Andy's Man Club. Andy's Man Club is a non-profit charity that run peer groups for men to go and talk. They run on a Monday, 7pm to 9pm, as well as online. And there is no cost to anybody, no cost to you, no cost to them. So yeah, just remember, Andy's Man Club, it's okay to talk. So yeah, hope you all enjoyed that chat with Peck. I know we did. Um, again, somebody that we could speak to all night. Obviously, we're very conscious of the time he's got. He's mm -hmm. off to record his own stuff in the studio at CHGO, um, which we'll be in the lives for, or I'll be in the lives for anyway, I'm assuming. Yeah. I'll um, be editing our own. Yeah, editing this one and getting it out. Now, on the last few episodes, we've been running our Bulls trivia. Uh, shout out Clem and Troy, who once again got the answers. Mm -hmm. And my question on the last one was, who is the only Bulls centre to ever record a triple-double consisting of points, rebounds and blocks? The choices were Artis Gilmore, Pau Gasol, Ben Wallace or Joachim Noah. The answer, Joachim Noah. Which, we were going to ask Peck the questions, but we ran out of time. I'm sure he'd have got that one. Or he'd have just I'm said sure Joachim Noah. <laughs> So, my question from the last episode was, which three Western Conference teams did the Bulls beat to win their first three championships? So, the first team they beat was the Lakers. The second team that they beat was the Blazers. And the final team that they beat was the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. And my question for tonight is, Chicago small forward and the original Bull Jerry Sloan was noted was or was a noted collector, and at one point amassed a collection of over seventy of what item? Stuffed and mounted deer heads, opponents' basketball jerseys, farm tractors, or bobblehead dolls. Very good. And my question is: Who led the Bulls in scoring in the two thousand and seven and two thousand and eight season? And uh, see if you can answer it without looking it up. So yeah, they're the questions. Um, we are aiming to be back on Thursday, but by the time it's in your feeds, it'll probably be Friday. Yeah, I'd say so. 
or it will be here in the UK anyway, maybe not in America. Um, so yeah, obviously we'll answer them then, hopefully, and give you some more. So yeah, like I say, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed the chat with Mr. Peck. I know we did. Um, don't forget to leave us some comments and share it and all the good stuff. And as usual, I've been Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattCRedUK. And you can find us on all the socials at CRedUK. And you can find me on Twitter at NeilCRedUK. On behalf of us both from the Fans First Sports Network, thanks once again to everyone for tuning in. Whether you're watching or listening, please subscribe, rate and review and give us a thumbs up on YouTube. A special thank you also to Peck. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. We do appreciate the time you gave us and it's always great fun talking balls with you. From Matt and myself, remember it's a Chicago Bulls thing wherever you are in the world. Until next time, see red people. <laughs>